here we are again. The Larry, Moe, and Curly of podcasts. <laughs> of course, I'm referring to the two noobs talking, coming at you with more energy than a hot dog launched by the Philly fanatic. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hell yeah. But, but let me introduce the players. He is the magnanimous Matt Craig. He is the gentleman John Tracy. I am curiously Steve Murray, and you will keep my name out your mouth. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's good it's to see both of you. John, yes. what is the good word south of the border there? It is Texas, and it's hot again. Shocking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's breaking news. Although I do, I do have to yell at uh, said... Uh, San Marcos meteorologist that said it wasn't going to rain for the last three days and it bleeping rained every day not not all day but it definitely rained and oh. that made me angry I like going yeah. outside when it's not raining I hate the rain so I would want a refund on that on that forecast for sure definitely yeah. refund it that's I trusted him over my iPhone which I I, I should have never done I'm pretty sure you've said on this podcast that you trust your iPhone over the meteorologist. So I'm yes. shocked, shocked yes. that you would do something. I'm shocked. Stupid. I'm hearing I trust my iPhone. After all, you guys oh, rip the true. Apple all the time. Well, I, I use both. I use both an Android and an Apple. I prefer the Android over the Apple, but you know. Hey, now <laughs> now you're talking sense. Now you're talking sense. <laughs> all right, Mr. Matt, what is going on west of the border there? Well, uh, I was shocked this morning to see it rain after a vigorous workout session today. I came out of the gym and it was pouring and I was like, what the heck is going on here? Kind of caught me a little off guard. I was fine, though. Uh, but all is well. I have recently become a Lean Six Sigma black belt, which I'm very excited about. So Yay! I can chop processes down uh, like, I guess, cardboard or whatever you would do when you're chopping there you go stuff for karate cutting because um, i've heard all the karate jokes yeah i could i i've heard all the stupid karate jokes over the last like week week and a half no okay they're not stupid but it is funny to see people kind of going oh you're a lean six second of outbound what are you a karate champion no 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 <laughs> yes Just a process improvement champion but yes too yeah exactly i have my own black belt too which is pretty cool so oh karate is not here <laughs> Whoever's responsible for post-production, I want confetti to rain down when that makes nice, nice session. There we go. Yeah, we can have that. So, Come as on. we always do here on Two Noobs, we've got the episode number one thirty. Who wore that in the city of Philadelphia? <laughs> <laughs> I recall a a Cyril St. John from the Wissahickon Cricket Club likely wore yes. number one thirty. Yes. Any anybody oh. else have? Uh, uh, Mo, the curling champion of the Northeast, he definitely wore one thirty. Uh, there you go. So say, sure. Johnny, does, do they have anything bully bully numbers at 130 or something like that? That's, Maybe. I don't it's know. It's probably what I would average if I went out and tried to put my uh, defective <laughs> arm into um, existence again. Probably. Yeah. probably. There you go. Listen, don't joke about curling. The rink where my son plays has a curling rink in it. I Look at that. Dude, dude, I'd be hanging out with them. Curling is my favorite sport of all sports. I am. I am like a child during the Olympics. I just sit I'm, there I'm just, and I'm like, this is the coolest sport ever. I've never done it. I want to do it. I just can't. I'm, I'm just surprised it hasn't caught on earlier. Like in, in American society. I it's think it is one of the best things. Ever. It's shuffleboard on ice. Are you kidding me? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're going to, as we actually always do now, yes. uh, we're going to get, we're going to head into our fun fact and our over 40 yes. rant, both of which are sponsored by, W energy drinks visit w.gg d-u-b-b-y.gg while you're there shopping enter the promo code two noobs talking t-o-o-n-o-o-b-s talking nice and get 10 percent off your order matt what's the flavor of the uh month there i think it's still blue raspberry baby and I'm craving it. <laughs> <laughs> we have to. We have to have you actually drink it on a show one of these. Yes. Days. You know what? Put it I on might as well. Put it in the shaker cup and you know, get it done. And go to town. Absolutely. See what happens. You know. That <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a few episodes ago, you were going all Joe Biden on us, so we need <laughs> we need to keep your energy up. Uh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, as the Flyers score a power play goal, 
There you, there you go. go. That Imagine. in and of itself is breaking news because that never happens. Yes. That never happens. <laughs> Absolutely um, not. <laughs> All right, John, you got you got a quick fun fact today. What's up? Man? Yeah, it, well, it is it isn't the fun fact. I'm forgoing that just to um, oh. I need to I need to make a statement about these uh, congressional hearings on on TikTok. Um, oh God! No, this is this is very simple. I knew these people individually to be very stupid. Very. Stupid. <laughs> they. With- Blew my mind on how dumb <laughs> they actually are. For four hours, they showed me how even stupider they are than I was there. I'm blown away. I I I, I can't. Um, and I like watching those hearings because I like to hear what is going on. I I I can't. They are that like wow. Like I'll just take Crenshaw from Texas. Wow, I did it. I, I knew you were stupid. Wow, you in you 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 took it to a, the next level, like the next level. Now, so when you speak again, I'm gonna think you're dumber than dirt. I hope you don't get me to think that you're even stupider than that. This over forty ramp brought to you by John. Wow, Jersey. just dumb. They, they didn't even write anything down on paper, man. dumb that's just bad it hurt john i think john did just steal your thunder for the i think he did yeah crap man yeah oh my gosh yeah well actually that as before you get to the over 40 rant um just briefly and john john is now also concerning me so this is going to concern both of you (laughs) you're both you're both getting up there in age and uh as we're finding Uh you get this is now going to be like the cranky old man segment. It really is. Uh, I'm hoping so. The fact that you were going to do it two weeks in a row, just, it got me thinking about things that happen and how you get cranky when you get older. And, but <laughs> there's a, there's a new study. I just want to share with you real quick. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. I'm worried now. Um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It, it bothers me because I saw this and I thought, wow, that's getting, getting upset these days it turns out men as you get older you are more likely to put people into a cross-faced chicken wing than ordinary individuals and just last week pat sajak man you're you guys are losing your minds here i don't understand it what is i just want to thank the young lad steve for pointing that out (laughs) (laughs) and with that matt i turn it over to you for your over 40 rent. Well, thank you, Mr. Steve Murray Esquire. And I, I obviously end that Esquire because we probably have the single dumbest tweet I've ever seen from an Esquire in quite some time. Christians who mark out for Donald Trump. What the hell? Uh, <laughs> we probably have one of the stupidest tweets I have ever seen. In quite some time. Uh, This was dated March 18th. So this was about a week ago. This was happening while actually right before we were recording last week. Uh, But we didn't notice it until this week in pre-production, obviously. But this genius, whatever you want to call him, Joseph D. McBride Esquire at McBride Law NYC. Just so you know, his Twitter handle. Don't advertise for him. What the hell? (laughs) He wrote this. He wrote this, quote, President Trump will be arrested during Lent. Spoiler alert, it hasn't happened yet. A time of suffering and purification for the followers of Jesus Christ. As Christ was crucified and then rose again on the third day, so too will at real Donald Trump. Violence is never the answer. Winning the election is vote for Trump. End quote. What the blue hell that has is going just on. the opposite effect, if you ask mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Five million views, and surprisingly, at the time of the screenshot, four thousand six hundred likes. Four thousand six hundred and twenty losers, by the way, who have no idea what the gospel is. And To be perfectly honest, gentlemen, this has always troubled me ever since Donald Trump ran for president in 2015 and 16. 
Um, for some reason, some Christians believe he is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Unless he gets up out of the grave, like Christ did, he is not the second coming of Jesus Christ. He is not the second coming of Christ by putting a stupid embassy in Jerusalem. That is not what a Messiah does, okay? I am so done with Donald Trump and his pathetic followers that equate him to Jesus. This over 40 rand brought to you by Craig Matthews. <laughs> there you go. That's it. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. The deification yeah. of, of any politician is yes. ridiculous. Totally. Um, and th- th- mm-hmm. you're, you're dead on. That tweet is... Oh, yeah. <laughs> the fact so that stupid. it's from an Esquire, that's the thing that really bothered me the more than anything else. The fact that this guy, is, he's a practicing lawyer, and he's an Esquire, and he's this moronic... Like, dude, can't you just strip? Is there a way that we could strip that Esquire title off of him, Steve? Is that even possible in Look, the law world? Even for absolute moronic behavior. Even, even the law students who get all D's pass and <laughs> yeah. get to take the bar. It's unfortunate, but uh, I don't get it. I don't no. understand it. We, we have a we have a president that did that. We oh, <laughs> did it. Yeah, it is to to both of your points. It 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 it's stupid. But it's also dangerous. And Very. Just, just to the quick point, we were talking about this in pre-production. DeSantis had to get out in front of this Trump thing because yeah. he wants to make a political move. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous to use any of this, like him getting arrested. To Steve's point, is very dangerous. To yeah. this guy, poking the base is is dangerous. This isn't. Not only is this Trump thing, it needs to end, mm-hmm. but you're, what you need to realize is he's just as old as the other people we're bitching about now. Yeah. Like this yeah. politics needs to make a hard right or left. It doesn't matter whatever side you're on. Uh, you said it. I'm, I'm putting it up there. You need to <laughs> grab somebody that is um, not collecting Social Security. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that so <laughs> that you could save your social security later. Um, you don't need someone <laughs> in office that is collecting social security. It's just yeah. that it's not it doesn't work for this country. This country is not China and it is not Russia. We don't have the majority of our country over fifty. Mm-hmm. We have our majority of people are under fifty. And we need to start electing officials that might know the difference. Yeah. And actually might be sane more than anything else. And really, to be honest with you, John, to add to your point, it's insulting. It's insulting to those that truly do believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, which Mm -hmm. is a great, it's great news. There's no question about it. For anybody that's out there that is currently struggling, there is a gospel of good news out there. And his name is Jesus. Died and rose for your sins. But I'm not going to go through all theological here, but the point is... This deification, and again, to Steve's point, which is brilliant, the deification of any politician, whether it's on the left or the right. Anybody. I mean, it is scary. Any celebrity. Whenever you see something like that, I want to be very clear, run. Run the other direction. Don't even remotely give them a fighting chance. And I'm dead serious about this. Because the moment that happens, the moment you get sucked in and you become a mark, like this, like this jackass's tweet. You know, you just you're so invested in this one guy who only had one term for four years, and maybe might run again for another four years. And Get that, out of but here! But that's also that. it. Please. He's not gonna. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. He's yeah. not gonna be the. Hey, he's seventy. What four, five four? at this point? Like so, yeah. he's so he's gonna be close to eighty by the time he would be done this term. This is where is it, the insanity has to stop. Yes, it really it does. does at that point. Stop yeah. electing so, officials <laughs> that are old. That are this dumb. Yeah, exactly. What that I would these hope, kinds of marks. What yeah. I would hope is you know because I, I I don't practice as as often or as close as Matt does. But yes, you know, yes, me neither. Christian. And I'm offended by this kind of stuff. Yes. No question. Absolutely. Stop comparing Donald to Jesus Christ. That's the stupidest (laughs) thing ever. 
Yeah. They couldn't be more far apart, in my <laughs> opinion, actually. Um, exactly. But, you know, I would I would certainly hope that this type of tweet would actually do the opposite and turn people off from yeah. this kind of following. And I hope it I hope it does. And I it might. Yeah. So, I hope so too. Well yeah. speaking of stupid people, let's dive into topic one, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> let's Woo-hoo! do it. Uh, so we have a we have a Deadspin article here. Uh, I'm not going to read the article, um, but the the title is Keith Oberman has a scorching bad take on the World Baseball Classic. Oh God! So if you have no idea what we're talking about, the World Baseball Classic just happened. Um, yeah, there you go. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> yeah, Japan um, won, and, and it was awesome. <laughs> So the World Baseball Classic, which was a, a, a tournament style, um, you know, t- baseball teams from different countries getting together, playing each other, uh, mm-hmm. semi World Cup Olympics kind of thing mm-hmm. thing going yep. on, um, which in and of itself probably would not have raised the ire of anyone. But mm-hmm. a particular incident occurred uh, when Puerto Rico defeated the Dominican Republic, I believe was mm-hmm. the game in which it occurred. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mets all-star closer um, Edwin Diaz. Mm-hmm. Ru- was he ruptured a patella tendon? Yeah, mm-hmm. out is for that, the year. Yep. He is out for the season mm-hmm. um, for the Mets. So the Mets will not have him all year. That's a and shame. This happened celebrating uh, Puerto Rico. I guess he closed out the game. Celebrating mm-hmm. Puerto Rico's win over the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Uh, you know, a bad bad thing to happen but mm-hmm. uh you know it's it, it just it that's the nature of sports sometimes you're gonna yep. get hurt yep so keith olberman takes to twitter and i will oh do boy. my i will do my best to do matt's uh annoying, <laughs> annoying voice <laughs> annoying voice here let's do it first freddie freeman now edwin diaz the wbc is a meaningless exhibition series designed to get you to buy another uniform to hell with the real season and split up teammates based on where their grandmothers got laid. <laughs> Call it off now. John, you brought this uh, article yes. to our attention. Um, and I want to thank you for reminding me, or maybe not thank you. Maybe I'm angry <laughs> for reminding me that Keith Olbermann still lives. Um, <laughs> guy hasn't been good since yeah, Sports Center like, in the yeah. 90s. And that's uh, he's, <laughs> he's pretty much irrelevant. But. Yeah. So, so John, I go to you first. What's your, um, you know, what 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 got your dander up here? Fight. It's, it's just it's. He's such a he's piece of shit. Folks. He's such a piece of shit. I it's 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 my problem. It's not just with Keith Keith Oberman. It's my problem with political and sports people. These mm. these half wit moron, stupid, over the hill idiots that haven't mattered in twenty years comes out and tries to be like, oh well, that's the World Baseball Classic is just a, a a meaningless tournament. Oh, that guy got hurt. It's blah 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 blah. When if you're actually following the classic or you enjoy baseball the way it is. The players are all over videos of YouTube having the time of their lives talking about how much fun it is, how great this tournament is for many reasons. Is You want to talk about diversity, this is probably one of the best ways to present it. Show where everybody's from. Probably more fun than slogging through spring training. Yes, most likely way better than hitting a 230-foot home run in a park that isn't designed for major league people. And, oh, I got my swing back. Like, they're actually playing in real parks. Yeah. And they're doing exactly what they would be doing anyway. So meaningless tournament doesn't make any sense because what, what do baseball players do in spring training? They get their swings in. They play the field a little. They run around. Holy shit, they're doing that at the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> That's what they're already doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. It's just well, that, I'm ti- I'm tired of these people. Like yeah. stop t- stop having a take just to have a take. Well, yeah. Matt, I want to ask you cuz we had a great great example counter example I guess this week 
Uh, shame for us Phillies fans. Reese Hoskins went down with a torn ACL <laughs> yeah. going after a ground ball in spring training. So by Keith yep. Oberman's uh, logic, should we cancel spring training as well? Yes. I, I would think so if you're Keith Oberman and you have a ridiculous... I wouldn't even call it a hot take. It's just a ridiculous take. It's stupid. To your point, Steve, you're right. Injuries will happen. Whether it's preseason, regular season, postseason, it will happen. It just does happen. And it's how teams bounce back from it um, in that regard. The WBC was was phenomenal. It was a terrific... For one, I didn't sit to watch any of the games either. It was, it was well But done. the passion that I saw by the fans and the players... Uh, Trey Turner was just magnificent in the entire tournament, by the way. Mm-hmm. Really shortstop, thank God. But he he's carrying was, Team USA. There you go. Love <laughs> yes, it. Yes, they did. <laughs> they did. They did. They carried him all the way to the final. Um, but, I mean, it was a tremendous tournament from top to bottom. It really was. Um, some of the uniforms were kind of ridiculous. Like, Great Britain was oh, like God. comical. <laughs> yeah, that was good. With their that was good. Yeah. That was like Adobe. Like, what was that? Like, uh, Times New. It wasn't Times New Roman 12 font. It was more like Arial 12 font. You yeah, could barely exactly. read out Great Britain on it. It was hilarious. It was great. But, um, but. It was a tremendous tournament, start to finish. When I saw Oberman's tweet, it's like, well, okay, status quo. You got this idiot over here basically just spouting his mouth off. And that's what he's been for the last, what, 10, 15 years? Maybe longer. Every take he takes now is ridiculous. It's You, you just throw it out because it's worthless. There's nothing that he adds of value. You mean at that? I mean, at, at some point, he's got to think to himself, "Well, you know what? I can't continue to do this anymore." Um, I don't know. I would hope. You know, at, at some point, <laughs> he's got to like, you know, but it's, stop it's what the, he's doing. It's the structure that needs to stop. It's the it's the they're forcing this narrative because that's what they want. They want the argument sake. They want this. They want they're they're producing it so hot take can have it and they can have an argument back and forth. Like it just. Why can't we just have something on TV, enjoy it, and then we go on with our lives? Why does everything yeah. have to be a hot Why take? Why do we have to insult, like, where someone got laid and, you know, from, like, two generations ago? That, what, what's, what purpose well, does that serve? Well, to your point, Keith Oberman did, hours later, issue <laughs> an attempt at an apology yeah. on Twitter, well, which I well, will now good. read for your listening pleasure. Oh boy. Okay. It reads sexist. And for that, I apologize. <laughs> Make it quote where their ancestors got laid and <laughs> that blunt description of the artificiality of the team assignments is also trivial. And for that, I apologize. Mm. But WBC has always been a threat to what actually counts the season. Kill it. The end. I'm a douche. <sighs> Keith. Yeah, Oberman. pretty much. <laughs> And, and and you're racist. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's nice to know that he is a racist, Johnny. I mean, at the end of the day, right? Well, here, here's what's... I kind of always do. Here's, here's what's really funny about this whole thing, right? He says, the artificiality of the team assignments. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Major League Baseball, how do players get on their current teams? It's all randomly based on how the team finished the season before that yes. player was even involved. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in some sports, it's determined by the bounce of ping pong balls. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then once those players can reach free agency or whatever, you know, they call it for the particular sport, mm-hmm. then frankly, they're pretty much mercenaries at that point. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They mm-hmm. go where the money is or where they feel the best situation for them is. Sure. Talk about artificial creation yeah. of teams. Yeah. Instead of being based on, you know, your, your citizenship, where you were Great born point. and raised. I, that, Great point. I, the thing that the thing to me is I, I know a lot, of, a lot of players on teams when they get somewhere, they will develop a bond with the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll, they'll stay there after they retire. They will Bryce be there. Give them hometown discounts that, you know, there is that kind of thing. Yeah. But you don't think players get excited for the opportunity to represent their country? How do you know? Yeah, I, would. I mean, they don't have the Olympics. They can't. They can't do it in the Olympics anymore. Yeah. This yeah. is their only real opportunity to do it. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want and embrace that opportunity and as you, a player to go out and represent the country you were you, you're born in? 
And you see it with how many players are electing to do it. This is, this is as, as this baseball class has gone on, this is the, the most or close to the, the most amount of MLB players that are jumping onto this. Yeah. That's important. Like they want to do it. That's massive. And having pride in your country is something we should all have it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's so important too. Um, And you could see the passion and the passions throughout all of the teams that were in it were tremendous Mm -hmm. stop to bottom i mean it was like even like garrett Stubbs for team israel i mean he had a game-winning hit oh yeah you know in that regard and it was just and the games in asia and i mean they were phenomenal phenomenal passion by the fans and they were all rallying behind and it was great it was cordial it was just a tremendous tournament top to bottom so once again no surprise i guess right Olbermann swings and misses at a horrendous hot take. He would he would have a point if like Edwin Diaz, you know, was taking part in a motorcycle demolition derby. Yeah, and You're you know, ruptured right. his political You're tendon. Absolutely. Yeah, you probably shouldn't be doing something that yeah. you know your employer is going to be to their detriment. But right. as Matt said earlier, you're playing baseball. Yeah. Who, who was that? Andrew Andrew Bottom hurt himself bowling? Yes. Like yeah. now, instead of playing basketball, if he would have hurt himself playing basketball, that would have been a different story. And that's the thing. That's the other thing. Okay, let's get rid of the World Baseball Classic. He, you know, he he could have ruptured his tendon lifting weights in yeah. the yeah. room. Yeah. You yeah. Know, this is, injuries happen. And it doesn't matter where it happens, they're going to happen. And it's unfortunate. But yeah. you can't, we can't live our lives in a bubble. Right, so as we uh, move on to topic two, right before we do that, I want to issue a retraction. I do not believe that was actually a power play goal scored by oh. the Flyers. I believe it was four on four. Oh. I believe I wrongly assumed um, that the Red Wing was going on and we we're going to get a five on three, but it, I guess it turned out to be a flyer going to the box. So it was a goal nonetheless, and they're up to nothing in the third period. There you go. Uh, we'll see where we end up. But topic two, <laughs> more importantly, because most of our listeners are probably not from the Philadelphia area. So uh, <laughs> I can care less. Couldn't, couldn't care less about the Couldn't players. care less. There you go. Right. Topic two is a fortune article that Matt, surprise, surprise, brought to our attention. <laughs> are remote workers lonely? Oh, probably. <laughs> and experts warn <laughs> it has damaging side effects on productivity, <laughs> engagement, End progression. Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> there is one undeniable aspect of remote working, and that is it's usually a lonely existence. Mm. While in-person working means you can walk to a manager's desk with a question, bounce ideas off peers, and grab a quick impromptu team lunch, remote workers are stuck with virtual meetings and Slack emojis to communicate feelings. Mm. One pre-pandemic study showed that full-time remote work was found to increase loneliness by 67% when compared to in-office work, according to research by organizational psychologist Lynn Holdsworth. She says the feeling of loneliness can be debilitating. Oh, actually, no, sorry, that was not her. I was jumping ahead. That's from Dr. (laughs) Sebastian Fernandez, an organizational behavioral professor. Uh, Since the pandemic forced organizations to shut their doors and send their workers home three years ago, remote working technology has experienced decades worth of advancement. But even so, tech giants and businesses still haven't figured out how to emulate real life interaction through a screen. And isolation and loneliness have become even greater public health concerns, according to the American Psychological Association. Matt, your article, uh, Expand. Hmm. Where do you even begin? Other than I 100% agree, and um, I'll leave it at that. I'm a very lonely man over here. No, okay. Um, no, I think it is a uh, it's a legit concern. Obviously, managers need to to keep this on the on the forefront forefront of their minds. Obviously, to make sure that pr- one productivity remains up in this now post pandemic world that we're now living in. And try and figure out ways to get people to essentially come together to combat this loneliness idea or the the loneliness that people are feeling. Um, 
I think for me, uh, it was a struggle at the beginning part. Probably 2021 was really difficult, obviously. Working from home on your own, not seeing or talking too much uh, in the way of your work colleagues and only going through Slack and sometimes not even getting a message at all. That's not anyone's fault. It's just that's the nature of the business, I think, uh, some nature of some businesses. Um, but it is a concern. Um, and we talk a lot about mental health, you know, on this podcast, we have talked about that before. Um, you know, the psychological ramifications of it are immense when, whenever there is some, you know, bouts of loneliness or depression or anxiety because you're not seeing other people or you're not experiencing, um, you know, camaraderie with your, your coworkers and teammates at work. It's tough. It's tough. Um, does that mean that I want to go back to where it always was and five days a week? No, no. Um, I long for the day when everything was all back. You to want to go sit in your car for 20 minutes. We understand. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, I would like to practice driving every once in a while. And I, I still do, of course. You know, I'm still very active in that regard. Go to the gym, go to the church, whatever the case may be. At least I'm keeping myself active and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, what would really bother me would be nowadays if people are still isolating themselves and still not wanting to go out and interact with people on a daily basis. That's where I think, and there's probably a small fraction that still do in our society, but it's not healthy. The more you isolate yourself, I'm convinced of it, the more you isolate yourself from society, the worse off you're going to be and the, the weirder you're going to seem as well. That kind of deal. So I could go on and on, but I'm going to yield my time back <laughs> well, to the, the chair. Well, the <laughs> argument, I, we, we appreciate that concession. <laughs> the article the article goes on um, talking about the cost benefits of remote work. Although remote yeah. working has generally been proven to improve work-life balance and happiness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, research <laughs> consistently shows isolation is one of its biggest drawbacks. Over yeah. a third of those working remotely said the setup made them feel lonely in Glassdoor's 2022 survey of people in full-time employment. Cha-ching. Uh, Matt's <laughs> celebrating the loneliness in the world. Yeah, I don't like. I'm not sure. I really want to be celebrating that. But <laughs> not, not only do remote employees struggle with the lack of in-person interaction, they struggle to connect with peers online. Around 40 percent of remote workers told Glassdoor that the virtual setup made it harder to connect with colleagues, and 31 percent struggled to build a relationship with their line manager or senior colleagues. Mm. Further research has found that working remotely for more than three days a week leads to lower quality relationships with colleagues. Mm. John, you are not really in a position. I guess your office is wherever you go. I yes. So I do. Uh, you have I, a you have a d- unique perspective on this. What's I I work re- I work remotely, um, but I work remotely <laughs> moving constantly. Yeah. Um, my general conversations with my boss. Um, who is a listener? Um, we only talk over the phone. We see each other maybe three times a year, and that's, you know it, that's it, grounds it, for termination, John. Yeah, Bob. and it, <laughs> and it's awesome. You know, when we we hang out, we'll go out to dinner. We you know we we but we have a we have a phone relationship. Like we mm-hmm. we do talk weekly over over the phone and i i don't have i do not have an issue connecting with him mm. he speaks i speak we're, we we try to get it done as quick as possible and we're we're out we're done. we do have meetings and they are either on zoom or or team or whatever mm. whatever the it department decides is good for, <laughs> for this week we they, we change from from here or there and i love it but yeah. a bunch of us come up on the screen we listen to what is said and then we we but my job also, just so everybody knows, is I'm completely, it, it, it's independent. I, I do what I do and I upload to a server. There is no, I don't have much run in with people. You're my in job the field. is very, yeah. My job is very lonely other than the, the, the schlub that is riding with me. Like that's, well, I was just going to say, I was going to say, <laughs> you usually have somebody with you. Yes. Mm. you know, when you're on the job. I mean, well, right? it's, it's so 50, it's, yeah, it's 50, 50. It's you can, and you oh, cannot. Okay. I luckily for the last couple of years have had a, a guy that has stuck around with me, not to say a couple of my colleagues in Texas have not had that kind of luck 
um, and they work very, very, very <laughs> remotely and alone by themselves. But they are also that is what they are as a human. So um, that is okay for them. They en- actually enjoy working completely alone. Mm. Some people are like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that, but right. the, I think it's ridiculous if you're working remotely to have an issue with the. I, I could see older people like our age and older having a problem with it, but mm. the majority of the workforce is that's pretty much their relationships with FaceTime anyway. So why would, why would that not be an easy, mm. I find it easy because we, we are kind of the computer generation. We, we know what it's like to live without computers, but we also know what it's like to live with computers. I don't have a problem with, jumping on a meeting and I, I don't feel like you're not taking my soul because I have to go to an hour. I feel like I felt back in the day when I used to have to go physically to the meeting and I couldn't mm. do two other things while I was on screen when I had to sit in a chair and listen to some dumbass talk. I felt that was infringing on my, you know, ability to work while taking notes or talking to someone in the in the chat of Zoom is easier getting, you know, hey, I can do this, I can do that. Like, I'm not just shuffled off into a boardroom and told to shut up until you're, you're done. That just seems dumb to me. Like, Yeah. Well, the, the end of the article, I think, is, is really where I see things, which is I don't, I think it's wrong for employees to rely on their managers or supervisors or the CEO or whoever to be like, all right, bring everybody back into the office because that's the only way that I'm going to not be lonely in my job anymore. Mm. The end of the article talks about how employees can combat loneliness. And it says uh, remote work doesn't offer the same opportunity for social interaction as being in office, but this doesn't mean it's impossible to have a social connection with your team. Mm-hmm. Remote workers can connect with their peers by volunteering to join company projects or groups, organizing a virtual coffee with remote team members, or even arranging to meet colleagues who live in the same city for lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sure how to ask. Lead with the fact you are craving real life interaction. It's likely to elicit a positive response because your coworkers probably also feel lonely, and being honest about your feelings makes you come across as friendly, as opposed to weird, as you may fear. I mean, we've, go. we've got people in our office and we, we had a partner retreat a week ago mm-hmm. and one of the topics for the last few years has been what we're going to do about the office. And we've finally reached a point where we're like, it's not realistic to ask people to come back and work in the office mm-hmm. for any period of time. So we've shifted to, all right, let's talk about, you know, have people come in once a month, once every two months and make something social out of it so that mm-hmm. you're not just coming Great. in great idea because that's the thing is what benefit do i get if i'm just going to be working at home Mm -hmm. and i come into the office i'm just going to be working what extra benefit am i going to get Mm -hmm. out of that Mm -hmm. and so the the idea is you know plan something social a lunch where everybody can come in and just you know talk do 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 something after hours something along those lines and it doesn't have to be management driven either we've got attorneys who you know, they talk to each other and say, hey, you want to grab lunch on Tuesday? We could both come into the office and, and go out and grab a bite. It, I think it's the onus is as much on the employees working at home if they're feeling lonely to do something about it and make an effort to reconnect with people instead of relying on the company to say, all right, everybody get your ass back in the seats. You know, that's what's what's the number one thing that we say on this podcast gents right whenever you have a problem with mental health ask for help yes right at the end of the day is really ask for help and you know it don't be afraid if you ever do feel a sense of loneliness to ask hey can we get together for a cup of coffee can we get together for lunch and i will say that having that ability to go and we've I've gone anywhere really in the you know within the immediate area of course with my couple buddies from accounting and it's been great it's been a tremendous boon for me um we used to do it of course like in the office every day we go down to the cafeteria yeah but now we're free to basically go and go anywhere you know we know we take like an hour hour and a half and that kind of deal you just kind of just get away from it all and just move and and just go from there um I think it's it's great to be able to do that. And I think that's such a 
a good and key point that you brought up, Steve. It's really just the, the flexibility, I think, needs to be taken advantage of right. on a go-forward basis. Absolutely. And for someone that's kind of like, oh, I don't really want to do that. Well, do it. It's good. It's it's okay to do something like that. It really is. It's beneficial. It may not happen on the frequency you may want it to happen, but it's it will happen if you ask for it. And I think that's probably the most important thing. Well, spread it out. You know, have lunch yeah. with somebody one week. The next week, invite somebody else. You know, make totally it, fine. You know, it doesn't all have to be one big group. It could be one yep. at a time. That way, you get more of it mm-hmm. spread out. It's, yeah. You know, d- do it. Take it. Take it upon yourself to to combat the loneliness. Don't don't rely on the company because the company they just want to be productive. Yeah, they're busy. <laughs> Dare I say, if you enjoy the loneliness and the solitude and, and the social awkwardness of not meeting with anybody anytime, <laughs> you may be an alien. <gasps> that brings us to topic three. What hey. a segue. Holy Whoa. crap. Love it. Holy crap. Should we put the bit emoji in of me sitting on the alien spacecraft hugging the alien, which is my favorite bit emoji of all time? Why not? That works. For <laughs> I'll throw me. it in there. Why not, Johnny? I'm I'll throw it in there. <laughs> I am good with that. We got a live science article here. And I will confess I was responsible for bringing it uh to yeah. everyone's attention, but John voted it in for the episode. So Yeah, and one question, is this <laughs> yes. one for the weird file? It well, must be one for the yeah, weird file. It's got to be. Uh, I mean, the government's yeah. involved, so well, right. why not? It's Well, yeah, the that's the file. that I think that's John's main reason for liking yeah. this. Alien yeah. mothership Alien mothership lurking in our solar system could be watching us with tiny probes, Pentagon official suggests. In a draft paper, a Harvard scientist and Pentagon official said it is feasible. An extraterrestrial spaceship could be in our galactic neighborhood, exploring the region by the means of dandelion seeds. Small spacecraft that can gather and send back information similar to the way humans send out spacecraft to explore planets. Avi Loeb, an astronomer at Harvard University, and Sean Kirkpatrick, director of the Pentagon's, here you go, John, All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. That's expensive. That's definitely expensive. uh, Established in 2022 by the Department of Defense, interestingly enough, to detect and study objects of interest, released the draft Physical Constraints on Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, on March 7th. It is not an official Pentagon document, but was carried out in partnership with the DOD. It has not been peer-reviewed. Loeb is known for his research into an interstellar visitor from beyond the solar system. Astronomers first detected the cigar-shaped object in 2017 and originally thought it was a comet. However, its elongated shape, lack of coma, and the fact that it was accelerating away from the sun raised questions about the comet theory. Loeb suggested instead that was an alien spaceship. Interesting. Six months before Oumuamua's close approach to Earth, nice. a small interstellar wow. meteor measuring around three feet wide smashed into Earth. This meteor, IM2, is not related to Oumuamua, but it got Loeb thinking. John... What do, you, what do you take about the Pentagon's theories here, getting uh, tinfoil hatty? I have, I have a quick take on this. Okay. Um, one, there are aliens, and they're stupid for telling us about them. Uh, two, <laughs> there are not aliens. The Pentagon, and the, the, this guy. Um, and number two, there aren't aliens, and he's stupid for telling us about <laughs> and three, the rest of us already know that if this happened, it already happened. And this is not new. So why even write the paper? Because there's no reason for it. Well, I'll give them this. You know, it's there's there's been talk of, you know, UFOs. And we had the whole congressional hearings recently about unidentified objects and alien visitation. This is the first time I think I've ever heard a government official posit not only could there be UFOs, but there could be a giant mothership 
Yeah, at the edge of the solar system. And this is to my point. To my point, there is no reason they should have told us this information. (laughs) None whatsoever. Until you confirm or deny or already know, why are you speaking? I I don't understand. This makes the this makes that Ford lady. That we talked about the 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 one when they messed up the lightnings or whatever. She's the smartest yeah. person on the planet because she yeah. won't speak because she doesn't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh well, my gosh. in the draft paper, Loeb and Kirkpatrick looked at unidentified anomalous phenomena (UAPs), the government's preferred term, yes, over UFOs. Politically correct. Uh, and Joe Rogan. We're all on board. <laughs> so the paper looked at these UAPs confined by known physics. The authors suggest the dandelion seed probes could reach Earth for expo- exploration without being detected by astronomers, as they would likely be too small to reflect enough sunlight for survey telescopes to detect. Equipped with large surface-to-mass ratio of a parachute, technological dandelion seeds could slow down in the Earth's atmosphere to avoid burn-up and pursue their objectives wherever they land. Aliens would likely want to explore rocky planets with an atmosphere. From a distance, Venus, Earth, and Mars would all look appealing, with Earth being of greatest interest because of liquid water. Mm. But the alien uh, civilization that created the probes would not need to be on the mothership. It would be unlikely that it could even communicate with the probes. Matt, given your experience with probes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know where that came from. My apologies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Excuse me. I'm I'm going to see myself out. (laughs) You tend to be be the the biggest skeptic of the alien uh, theories on this program. Yeah. Damn straight. Uh, oh, absolutely. You know, what, what uh <laughs> what's your take on the Pentagon coming up with with these theories that we could have small objects kind of detecting and relaying information about our planet? Well, uh for one thing, I know my father uh did go into the Pentagon and thank God he came out alive uh yes. in that yes. regard. But um I I just I have a very difficult time accepting that premise that's just me being the skeptic in all of this the last few sentences that you read steve because it's like i don't understand a dandelion seed coming down and probing earth to to that idea a probe basically comes in and you know you're measuring it it's physical it's there there are there is zero evidence at least to me that's presented in this article that oh hey look at that probe over there where did that come from? None of that. This is all theorized. This is all, this isn't to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's not really based in scientific data. Like there has to be some sort of physical evidence. It's kind of like what we were talking about with, um, with, you know, with the whole idea with the lab leak theory with COVID a few weeks ago, or a couple of weeks. What was it? Last week. Last week. Yeah. Yeah. Last week. One twenty nine. Check it out. It all people. blurs together. So it's up there. Put a card in. Put a card in. Put a card there. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, where's the theory? Like, where where are all these pros? Like, I would love to know where the, what they are, what they look like, why are they coming? Then we could theorize about what's going on. This to me is like, eh, someone's been watching a little too much Deep Space Nine. Well, Matt, um, or Star Trek, or whatever the case may be. Matt, to your point, since first suggesting was an alien spaceship, Loeb has faced criticism from the scientific community. There you go. Uh, one perspective article published in Nature Astronomy in 2019 said the idea was sent to Earth on purpose was provocative and baseless. Still, the Pentagon has taken a renewed interest in studying unidentified objects over U.S. airspace in the previous year. Mm. Since the AARO's founding last summer, the office has opened more than 360 new investigations into alleged UAP encounters reported by U.S. military personnel. Yes. Uh, Mm. About half of these have been explained as, quote, balloons or balloon-like entities, and quote. Hmm. 
I wonder what that's that was about. The great, it was the best line of the entire balloon-like entities. Yeah, I, 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 I love that. It. That was hilarious. It. That was great. It. Yeah. While the other yeah. half lacks sufficient data to conclusively resolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well. it's it's happening. I mean, Matt, what's if if you know we've got so 360 investigations, half of them are balloons from China. Each costing a billion that, dollars, probably. That, Go on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that leaves 180 uh, UAP encounters by, this isn't, you know, whack jobs out in Idaho. This is, no. this is military personnel. Okay. What, what's your explanation? Well, I, I, I don't have an explanation for you other than I would want to see this as, as all good scientific methods have taught us. We follow this all the way to the end of conclusion. So I, I reserve judgment. Uh, in that regard, but yeah, I mean that's interesting. It's very interesting, but at the same time, it's wackadoodle stuff. Uh, that's just me. Um, I still need show me the evidence, show me the proof. If you're going to investigate this, great, but there's got to be results at the end of all of this. I would hope so, and especially the the fact that this guy is coming undergoing criticism by the scientific community means to me that okay. They don't fully trust this. They don't fully believe what he's saying about an alien mothership sending down probes. Otherwise, we would see it or at least attempt to see it or try to see it. Um, and I would think astronomers would have at least tried. Someone should have. If we could, de- I'll even say this. If we can even detect and predict when an asteroid is going to come to Earth to annihilate us all in 2046, I think we could try and find this alien mothership. Just saying. So, well, so just, John, to, so, so just to close this out, you just want an alien to come up, sit on the podium on ESPN and say he's taking his talents to Miami? Got it. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Heading into topic four now. I'm sad we're leaving the aliens, but yes, we got a <laughs> we got a marketplace article here. French cities are banning billboards. Ooh. The city of Nantes in western France has recently banned most electronic billboards, dismantling 110 in one night. Wow, that's a lot. Wow, that is a lot. <laughs> and that's that's only the start. A number of French cities are going to war against street advertising, which they say is ugly, anti-ecological, and anti-social. From his office, Pascal Pra, vice president of the government of Greater Nantes, pointed out the window at the central station and streets below, an area that has become a billboard-free zone. They've cleaned this whole area. And across the city, the reduction is drastic. I don't feel that. I don't feel that. That voice needs to be for this guy. Love it. Advertisers have had to dismantle all large billboards in and around Nantes and reduce the number of smaller ones by about half. The municipality is also cutting digital advertising in shop windows and on the public transport system. It's also banned on all advertising near schools. Matt. Do you agree with John that I did not need to read that in a uh, <laughs> annoying voice manner? Any any government entity, any government worker automatically has an annoying voice attached to it, so that's perfectly fine by me. I love the uh, I love it. By the way, um, it's my thoughts of the article. Um, I I kind of agree, you know, in that regard. I think that it is can be proven to be a distraction. If you're not careful, uh, they change every what, like 30 seconds, I think, um, something like that, yeah, or something like that. So it's like it, you're drawn away from the road. It's up high, you know, away from what you're supposed to be looking at, namely what's in front of you. Um, you and if you're not careful, you can easily get into an accident in that regard. But yeah, I, I think it's interesting the fact that it's um, the ba- you know it's being banned in France, a, you know Westernish democracy in that regard. I, in terms of bans, because eh, I'm all for free speech, but at the same time, I think if there's any way to you try and reduce the amount of communication that's on that road in that form uh, to promote better driving, I'm all for. It. Well, in that, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, no, it makes total, it makes total sense. 
Yeah. I can't say I've ever heard that an accident was caused by viewing an electronic billboard, but you know, right. I get the sentiment. Uh, Prague goes to say that it's partly to save electricity, but that's not the main thing. The aim is to pacify the urban landscape. Hmm. Near heritage sites or places of natural beauty, his city government is banning billboard advertising altogether. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. We're also thinking about the impact of advertising that pushes people to consume more and buy things they don't necessarily need, Pra said. Street advertising in the Na area brings in over 11 million euros per year. Wow. Uh, and undaunted by the revenue loss, other cities like Grenoble, Marseille, and Paris have enacted similar bans. John, have you ever been forced to buy something off a billboard? <laughs> I don't think so, but that's... <laughs> that's I, no, actually, I don't think I have. But I did. Uh, this article has a really nice layout for how to get your podcast that I think I'm going to steal. I just wanted to say oh, there that you go. on the podcast for our website, <laughs> which is two noobs talking at wordpress.com. Um, their setup is really nice. You guys will really like it. Um, but uh, moving on, I'll get past that. Um, <laughs> uh, I believe Austin, uh, the city in which I live below and detest, um, is banning <laughs> billboards. I work at it uh, a lot, so I, I'm allowed to have an opinion. Um, there you go. They're banning billboards um, mm. for the fact of nobody in Texas knows how to drive. Um, and I'm okay with that of banning billboards and everything. I think we should just have cars and go back to bikes because they don't need to. There's so many accidents that happen Mm. in this area that it's ridiculous. Um, Mm. And cell phones are the problem, not the billboards. But if you add cell phone to billboard, there's probably a double problem. They could could ban what they want um, until you outlaw cell phones in your car that are actively working. You're probably not going to do anything of great measure but billboards are stupid and they probably shouldn't exist um the only thing they ever did was make me buy concert tickets once on (laughs) 95 because a band was coming to town that i didn't get that email about and i was like oh crap they're coming to town tomorrow and i ended up Mm. going to that show um there you go but i didn't i didn't buy excessive hair products for no reason one Thursday. <laughs> that didn't happen. You didn't make a trip to the local mall or anything like that too, Johnny? I'm sorry. I mean, you're off the on. road and go somewhere. Oh, I, I should know. go here. I don't must, act that way. Must buy <laughs> Coca-Cola. <laughs> Bam. Well, why don't we, uh, this article gives the the other side of the, the coin on here as well. Uh, Stefan Dodelond, president of the Street Advertising Union in France, mm. says these French city council's views of billboards is outdated. Should I read this one in annoying voice or, or what? I uh, think oh, so. Please. I think oh, so. oh, please. Yeah, Absolutely. Go so. for it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> these days, if your advertising is manipulative rather than honest, you're dead, he said, because consumers <laughs> know how to read it, how to decode it. But also because now there are so many restrictions on advertising. A dishonest advert is much more likely to be sanctioned than the media or politicians or web influencers when they fail to tell the truth. Um, they, they have apparently I, I, a real problem out in France with dishonest yeah. billboards. I agree, I, I, I agree with what he's saying. Um, yeah. <laughs> My my all time favorite would be like if there's a QR code that you have to scan while you you know as yeah, you're driving you see it bounce I've around seen, the billboard. Oh, I, I've got an idea, Mabel. Let me take a look at this. And I've seen see what's that. On my cell phone. I've seen that, oh. and that does worry me about a yeah. passenger hanging out a window or <laughs> said driver hanging out a window. I I want to make one point to this. I drive uh, in Central Texas, and a lot of Central Texas is farmland, and there aren't billboards. I find it very relaxing and nice to drive that way. I really do detest city driving. I hate every minute of it. And I think it has to do with the clutter of the billboards and it has the clutter of the cars and all that. So maybe maybe this is the start to changing the driving experience. Because driving on a very nice, even the turnpike uh, in in Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania has those mountainous non billboard areas where it's fun to drive but then when you get closer to the cities it's like 
you know, Quiznos is over there. Subway's over there. This is over yeah. there. That is over there. Like that, that gets annoying. Well, the, you could def- uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, go, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say the, the article, and I, I guess I had missed this the first time I read it, made a good point about the revenue, though, mm-hmm. that comes in from these billboards. 11 million euros is not insignificant. No, no. no. It's. Uh, no. I mean, it, that's valuable funding. No question about it. If you're talking city government, absolutely. Or and may, con- county government or state government. But didn't yeah. Ford say they were going to put them in the uh, in the cars when they were yeah, going to repo the them? Car. They were going to put the billboards yeah. right on the windshield because you're not driving anymore. Maybe this well, is, I don't know. Well, you know, I don't know. There, if you've ever seen the movie Ready Player One, mm-hmm. um, there's a scene where the evil guys in the in the corporate office are talking about this it's like a meta verse you know, unit game. You actually are immersed in the game. Mm-hmm. And they said something, I, I don't remember the exact figure, but it was something like, well, we we've determined that we could use up to 80% of the field of view to put advertising before the users will get upset. Yeah. Um, oh. You know, oh. so. Don't, just look, just look at the NFL and the TV on how they've manipulated little things. Mm-hmm. NFL, NHL, they all do it now. The sports things flip. Things you're not re, you're not looking at it, but they're using it to their advantage, and they're selling tons oh, they, of ad revenue. Yeah, they oh, change sure. now. The the NHL games, the broadcasts have gone to at least from the the standard kind of you know side to side view. Mm-hmm. They have replaced the in arena advertising on the boards. Yeah, digital yeah. advertising, and it changes during and, the play, and that is super annoying. Dude, no, I was no. just going to say, yeah. I, I told you yeah. guys before, I was watching a Flyers-Stars game, but I was watching it on the Dallas feed because I'm in Texas, and I had to stop and look at the Philly feed because I'm like, why is there a Whataburger on <laughs> The Philly Stadium ice because I wasn't I wasn't hip to the fact that they were doing digital. Whataburger yeah. is Southern. Like, there's no way you would have a Whataburger. I'd move right back to Philly if they had a Whataburger. Um, <laughs> and I went to the field and I was like, oh, it's a bank. What the fuck? And then I learned, I was telling you guys later, I learned that they were doing that digital stuff. And that, that confused yeah. the shit out of me. I oh, was, yeah. why is Whataburger in Philly? Like, it made no I sense. I wouldn't be... I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's on baseball on the wall. It is. Honestly. They did it yeah, during the know? World Baseball Classic. There was, uh, there you there go. was digital stuff. Yeah. It's all over the place. They're, yeah. they're finding ways, space that they can sell, that they can generate more revenue. And that's just the way it is. And I'm I'm a little bit surprised. It, well, it's France, so it doesn't look really shocking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that they're, they're doing this in a way that's going to hurt revenue apparently for municipalities yeah um, you know 11 million euros that's that's a lot of money i i you know if, if you lose if it, you i gotta have find a way to get it back if yeah. i have to pay less tax because i gotta look mm-hmm. at a billboard when i'm driving to work most i yeah, might most, be okay with that most yeah people exactly take, take that instead of paying yeah no, yeah, exactly. A road tax I think that, or a or a or a revitalization tax. There's a there's a so many taxes that they avoid from doing stuff like this. Sure, sure. I think there's there is some merit to it, but I think your point, Steve, is exactly right. If you cut that, right, all of a sudden that is eleven million euros out of your annual budget that you now have to account for as a Speaking of accounting, you now have to account for that loss. What do you do in that regard to make that money back to make sure that you either have it or get more of it? And so that's where I think the quote unquote, this ban that France, that France is doing really, I mean, are they, are they seriously trying to, I don't know what the word is, but is the idea of them cutting this like what? They have to get the money back somehow. Is my point. Well, I, look, I, I yeah. get the idea. You want it to. You want to beautify the right the area. I understand that, and totally. I think they're. I think they're right to say, don't put it in like natural 
areas like national parks and stuff like that. Don't yeah. put it near a school. That's that's all fine. But restrictions make sense. Banning doesn't is I yeah, think exactly what, what everybody's trying to say. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think because that if you don't have if you have that in place, a good restriction, but not necessarily a ban, you should be fine at that point. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. So we say. So- Good luck to not on there. Yeah, exactly. We'll see how it goes because they may just become nanties at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so real quick before we wrap it up, uh, just uh, two two real quick things on a on a more serious note. Yes. Uh, first, um, we're sad but also happy to announce the retirement of Steve Coates uh, mm-hmm. from Flyers Broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, he he. Uh, made that announcement earlier um, or late last week. Yep. Uh, he's been in the organization for something over 40 years. 43 years, um, I believe. Yeah, wow. that sounds about right. Yeah, uh, player, I know we all grew up. Yeah. Yeah, we all grew up uh, listening to him in the broadcast booth, both in the radio yeah. and on TV. Uh, I was a personal lover of Coatsy's Corner. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that it's, it's, it's sad to, to hear that he's going, but I'm happy for him that he's going to, you know, be able to enjoy some retirement, get out and get better at golf. There you uh, go. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's that. Uh, and then uh, the other sad note that happened last week, but we didn't bring it up on the broadcast was we were, we were disappointed to hear about the, uh, the death of Lance Reddick uh, mm-hmm. at the, at the young age of 60. Um, yes. Uh, very sad. I, I loved him. Uh, he's a character actor on a number of programs. Uh, people may know him mainly from the John Wick film series. Mm-hmm. He is the, is that the um is he the concierge or? yes yes yeah, yeah. That, right. is that what yeah. he what he sort of does on the side yes uh yeah, yeah. Of so the, the, um, of the hotel of the, the yeah. continental hotel yeah, yeah the continental yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i think the the new movie is supposed to be coming out soon i believe and yeah. uh, very soon they've been playing a bunch of the john wick movies and as they cut the commercial break they have a nice little thing for him good that uh, says he did the continental proud so uh, our condol- two noobs condolences to his uh, family and friends. A terrible loss he, going to. He was also in The Wire, which is my favorite TV show that was ever, ever put on yeah. any kind of TV ever. It's my favorite one. And he was a hell of a character in that. Salute right. for him. Yeah, That's so for two, sure. noobs, two noobs salute. Gone yep. too soon. Absolutely. Yep. All right, gentlemen. That wraps up episode 130. Either of you got anything uh, fresh to say on your behalf before I uh, cancel this? Yeah, Matt, yeah I, I would say I'm going to avoid all probing from now on. <laughs> <laughs> except for except for the probing into how to make our website better. Two noobs talking about. <laughs> yes, that's that's some very important probing that needs to occur. We, I yes, completely exactly. agree with that. Absolutely agree. <laughs> Exactly. But don't forget to like and subscribe to us, you know, because you're going to get all kinds of entertaining programming for the two rooms. We try. So we try. We On behalf of uh, Matt and John, this is Steve saying we'll see you next week for episode 131. We'll see you then, folks. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to us here at Two Noobs Talking. If you want more of Two Noobs on social media, we're here for you. You can find us by searching Two Noobs Talking on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Clapper. Have a great week, and we look forward to delivering another great episode to you next week. Take care.